welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Welcome to Practitioner Radio, episode 33. Episode 33. Uh, we're catching up. We've been a little bit behind. Hey, this is Chris Dancy. I'm here with my, my, my most trusted colleague and my smartest friend. Hey, Chris. It's good to talk to you again. It has been too long. We, we are way too busy, man. Well, we are way, way too busy. Uh, but you know, we, there's no place I try. I was just in Finland since last time we spoke, and uh, there's a practitioner, there's a, there's a pocket of practitioner radio people up there. It's almost like a revolution around the globe with practitioner radio. So it's a PPR? Uh, okay. <laughs> Pocket practitioner radio. <laughs> Sounds like an app. <laughs> yeah. You're the one taking cold medicine today, not me. So yeah, uh, man, this is, this is cough is like going on forever. I know what's, well, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's the man trying to hold you down. So listen, uh, episode 33, we're going to be talking about uh, BSM, uh, and ITSM. This is a concept you sent to me. I said, yeah, let's talk about this because, you know, some people know I, I'm, I'm, I work over at uh, BMC now. And every time in the past decade I ever heard of BSM, I, it was in conjunction with, with, with BMC. So what is it? I, I have to, I, mean, I probably should ask someone at work, but what is it? What is this? Is this, is, is BSM ITIL? Is it ITIL? What is it? So this is a key challenge and you're, you're hitting a key point is that there's a lot of confusion around the term business service management or BSM. Mm. You know, what came first, chicken or egg, ITIL, BSM, is it the same thing? Is it a software suite? And a lot of people have kind of claimed that marketing ground, but in my mind, it's none of the above, actually. It's more of a concept. So it's not analogous to ITIL, but it's related to it because ITIL is simply um, based on the concept of business service orientation or business service value generation. Uh, but it's certainly not a software suite, which is, you know, it might, the software might enable business service management, but it's not the concept itself. Just like people who want to buy ITIL, uh, the ITIL program. Yeah, you can buy books, you can buy software yeah, to yeah. automate what's in the books, but it's the concept of service orientation and value-added processes to get you what you're looking for that we're really talking about. So I, I'm, I'm going to help drive this because I need to understand this. Well, I, I just might have a job that depends on it, right? So let's go back a step before we do this juxtaposition with BSM. What is, Troy, let, let, less than 60 seconds. I'll give you 120 if you don't want to push it. What is idle? What is idle? Idle is simply a framework describing practices for delivering outcomes that people want to pay for or want to uh, fund. Okay, there we go. So someone can tweet that because, Troy, that was amazing. So that BSM, how does that relate to ITIL or do you want to tell me what you think BSM is first? Business continuity management is to IT service continuity management what business service management is to IT service management. You're blowing my mind. All right, go ahead, slow it down here. So business continuity management is... The parent process for recovering under disaster, for recovering the entire business ecosystem in the event of you know an act of God or some aspect that has been unplanned mm-hmm. and to recover to the point you can continue delivering service. Part of that's people, part of that's technology, part of that's information, part of that, you know, this whole... Business has to be recovered. And mm. one subcomponent of that is the IT automation for business outcome generation, right? Mm. So BSM is the actual parent principle of service management. 
And IT is IT service management versus an ITIL is simply the IT child component of that BSM principle. Oh, uh, we need, we need, we need. Uh, do you have this? Uh, do we have a visual of that? That's really good. Well, I can create one. But yeah, don't create one. Go ahead. Go, keep going. The principle here is parent child. I got it right away. Yep. All, All right. right. BSM is parent. ITSM is child. All right. Is there anything about BSM? Well, you think about it this way: every service organization, any organization that has a mission, some some value proposition it's trying to achieve, something it's trying to accomplish, some product it's trying to create and sell to a market, every single business entity, which is pretty much every organization you can think of, whether it's government, military, or commercial, has the same basic DNA elements for creating the outcome, the product, the, the thing you want to pay for, right? So without putting any kind of framework spin on it, you have some kind of capability up at the front end says, look at, out, look at the market out there. Where's the untapped potential? And how do I come up with a business plan as an entrepreneur to actually take advantage of that and serve an unmet need, right? Marketing one-on-one. So this, this strategy analysis and say, what can I do that delivers value to a consistency, uh, a customer base? Well, business planning one-on-one, right? Exactly. All right. With, and market uh, strategy one-on-one. And actually, David Ratcliffe just talked about this on his video he did with the IT Skeptic. Okay, great. Yeah, it's because it's, it's basic. Then once I know what the market looks like and what they need and what I can do that meets that need, I figure out how to get a demand channel going to actually get people to call me or go towards them to say, look what I've got. Are you interested? I gather their requirements and I, and I build product concept and product uh, pilots and service pilots say here, what does this look like? This wireframe, this demo, this, this, this beta thing, does this look like you something you want? Hmm. And I test that assumption. So, so, so is this analogous to Apple saying we need an iPad mini or did they react? Well, that's a good question. In fact, I was just talking to Fatima about this the other day. And Henry Ford has this famous saying that do you talk to your customers? I think you do. But Henry Ford's quote goes something like uh, if I asked my customers what they wanted, we'd still be driving a horse drawn buggies. Right. Yeah. So there's an always there's a balance always between the innovative thinker that's off the scale thinking somewhere no one has ever gone before and understanding current demand and marrying the two together. Right. And, and what I heard you describe really articulately was looking at the market, figuring out where there was a need, building the pipeline to understand and, and get that, that process going so that you could create the product and then move the business forward. I create that product after g- gaining those requirements and then I launch that product and or change that product that's midstream launch, right? Mm. That's in production, excuse me. And then once it's in a launched and production mode, I have operations and I have to support that product. Hmm. So everything we just talked about is the AKA life cycle. In fact, I watched a webinar today, um, a productization of a service organization, and it's the same language we use in ITSM. You know, this principle of this basic value chain. Uh, what ITIL has done is simply put some IT names on it and given you IT examples to describe it. Hmm. But the principle of strategy, design, transition, operations is no different than this basic set of DNA capabilities for any service company. So you have an ITSM child set of practices that are supporting the larger ecosystem, the very same practices on the business level. Do you have a financial service management sitting next to ITSM and a marketing service management sitting next to that? Right. So... Well, think about it this way. Even the tools that, you know, your organization creates often are used for non-IT reasons, right? 
Call centers, why can't they use the same service desk software as IT service desks do? I've asked myself that question my entire life. No one's been able to give me an answer. It's just only the separation of history, not reality and not logic. <laughs> now that's a tweet. <laughs> it's, it's the separation of history, not reality or logic. Right. Yeah, that's right. There are vendors not to be named that have bought maintenance packages created for manufacturing maintenance and now are positioning them as ITSM suites. Right. Why? Because there's no real difference between the concept of support in a production environment on a factory floor than there is in an ITSM component. We just have different queues with different classification structures. Different different words and stuff. I, 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 I said something recently and I said... Incident management is not support. It's only one element of support, right? Yeah, this lady lost her mind. So, you know, you get a service catalog offer, you describe many different ways you offer support. Right. And, you know, the process of incident management is only one element of that. Interesting. But, you know, product support is, is true of any organization who has a product in the market that they have to support once they go live, unless you're dealing with some organization that doesn't offer support, and well, good luck with that. Right. So the business part of it, so it's up from IT service management, and and it, it really is long. One of you know my my favorite role in the whole organization, business relationship manager. Yeah. So what where does where does he come in when we're talking BSM? The business relationship manager, in other words, is an account manager or business development manager or strategic account manager, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's that right. um, customer facing liaison that's basically out there pounding the pavement, selling encyclopedias and figuring out how to improve the product. And by the way, since we did the business relationship management podcast, everyone's talking. I mean, there's not a company out there that's not a blog since that. And when did you write your first blog about that? Oh, goodness. A couple of years ago. If you were any more of a pioneer, you'd be in a, in a stagecoach wearing a hat. <laughs> With a big beard. Yeah. Um, so so what are the, some, of the, some of the things that go into BSM? Right. So... Think about that anvil salesman or that encyclopedia salesman when they were going door to door, right? Uh, What did they carry with them? And I think of that musical, uh, the music man and the anvil salesman is coming to town on the train. What's he got in his bag? (laughs) Lugging with him. His product, right? They've got a set of the product in the trunk. Um, so in the days before a service catalog, they had to carry their product catalog, their portfolio with them. Uh, and that was a basic tool they needed to actually engage with a client, intrigue the client, and get the client to t- discuss what they offer or modifications of what they offer. I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. Because, you know, in, in movies, when you look back, they always ride into town with their wagon and they show up with their bag of tricks and they show them everything and then start selling it. That's right. They, they, they open up this really nifty case with all these pockets and yeah. they, they put it out on the display case. And that was, you know, service catalog 101. When we had, we had no way to, to present you a catalog via long distance, we had to bring the catalog to you. And then I would sit up and I would start to sell you the snake oil. Nice. Now there's never snake oil in actual catalogs. So what happens next? So you get, you take orders. You take orders and you bring that back to uh, to supply, right? You bring that back to logistics, who begins to provision, uh, and you start to take, you know, either compliments back to marketing for you know case studies, yep. or complaints back to product design for CSI for new products or changes to current product. I would think that the BSM approach and a couple things. So now that I have a better understanding. I mean, it, it, in some ways, you know, for, if I make it real personal, because I love it to be all about me, it's almost like a roadmap for what I want my, my career to be, you know, because you said parent-child. So maybe some might look at it as, you know, maybe that's one direction your career could go. So, you know, moving from child to parent. The other thing is I would think that the the amount of information you'd have to have, you know, maybe that's where people with MBAs come in. 
right? Maybe they um, they understand this this beginning to end and this history that you talk about in such a way that they can arc- articulate it and create value for the business and helping to design the teams, the systems, the processes, and the tools to make all this work. Because there would be a lot of systems involved in BSM uh, in a lot of, I mean, just remarkable ways. Everything from systems to measure demand to systems to measure sentiment to feedback to production to, uh, I mean, literally, we could probably list thousands of systems, whether they're information or not, that go into BSM. In fact, um, this is getting along the lines of the operating model conversations we've had in the past, right? The operating model is that um, demand to supply set of chain of events and functions and capabilities you need to kind of do that whole provisioning process. Mm -hmm. But then there are these underlying systems for monitoring how this is flowing or management functions for establishing governance and um, continual improvement. And these are the shared services which apply to all the functions in the chain of value system. And so this shared service concept is is where these systems often lie, whether they're human systems or automated systems. And people love to talk about metrics. Are there specific best practices or specific metrics around BSM? Well, one of the age-old uh, metrics is called cycle time. Ooh, ooh, I love new stuff. Ross, we need a sound for new stuff. Ross, the new stuff sounds... <laughs> Right, cycle time. It's not new, it's ancient. Well, for me, it's, it's just, new. All right, Lean would call it lead time. And it's Wait, simply, but this is, practitioner radio is not for you, it's for me. Okay. <laughs> the cycle time is how quickly is 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 uh, demand flowed through to the end to provision. When I get my pizza on, when I order my pizza on the phone, how quickly is it going to arrive at my door? And to me, cycle time is all about Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Let's hope it's not uh, juice day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you didn't, Troy. Troy, I love it when everybody always say it. we love it when Troy goes off the off the script. <laughs> All right, so it's it's cycle time represents the from I I order like I think you just used a pizza analogy. I order the pizza to it shows up at my door. Right, thirty minutes are free, buddy. All right, so that's actually called cycle time. That's cycle time. How is that different than I place I, I ask for something from the business through IT and I actually have it in my hot little hands? Well, it's not it's not different when you place a request on request fulfillment, whether that's by talking to a human on the service desk or putting something into one of these fancy request portal you know catalogs until the point I actually have a new employee start or uh, a new BlackBerry or iPhone or Android device is you know delivered to my cube. That's cycle time. But we don't call it that. No. We like to come up with our own names, thus ITSM. All right, all right. So, all right, you just said what I wanted to hear. Okay, so I didn't miss something. I, no one's ever, okay. Because you have me worried, like, oh my gosh, is there, I, no one's ever given that. Because like, all right, so I just asked, so like a month ago, I lost my RSA token, right? So I went online, I ordered a new RSA token. And like, you know, I was like, how long does it take for me to get this? And then they gave me a temporary password to kind of like, you know, so I could work, you know, it's still within the system and then limited capability. But like, I never thought about, because in IT, when I ask for something, that's and how fast I get it, or if how fast I have the problem fixed, that's all governed by service level management, right? But is there something that governs the actual entire time frame? Well, service level management is actually trying to establish metrics around the whole service provisioning process, right? Some of it will be cycle time or lead time in, in a lean term, um, where you know how fast do I get it when I place my order. Some of it will be how how long how much can I expect this thing to be running and not come up and find it not running? So that's availability. That's how I used to learn. Yeah, that's how I used to do. It. What's the next way? How fast should I expect transactions to occur? Which mm. is kind of like cycle time on the ma- on ma- macro level. You know, when how many times will a, 
a page refresh. That cycle time even down to a small, minute factor. So you have all different types of metrics you would expect around this service outcome. You, re- you realize you can never be on a plane at the same time as other people. You're, we cannot lose people like you at more than, at more than one time. Because I, I could have never explained what you just did. Because I never realized, you know, like you said, you know, how fast does this happen? How fast do these transactions happen? How fast do I get this? How, how often is this up? How often is this down? Well, you know, even on the product development cycle side, uh, I work with Robin Heisick at Pink Elephant when we manage a product strategy team. Uh, how long we go from concept to market will determine if we can get out in front and be strategic and have a mar- a product in the market that's not saturated with other products, right? So that whole cycle time from concept to launch strategy is important to actually manage as well. And that's and that's part of BSM. All of this is part of BSM. Yes, this yeah. is the the whole premise of generating value people want to pay for, and anything that you can describe in that system of value generation is business service management. Managing service life cycle. Anything that involves generating value that people want to pay for. Yeah, you know, if you say that not everything and not nothing in life is free, that's that's relatively true. Right. Right. Someone's paying for it somewhere. Interesting. So, how do you? If I can just take that one segment and kind of because I that uh, not not at paint, but in general, if you were advising me, like say I want to create a product tomorrow, right? Because now so we're talking about BSM, so this is this is still on topic. When I'm thought like you, you said, what's too long to bring a product to market, right? Like when you're thinking about the, the 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 cycle time, the forward-looking cycle time, right? What's well, that's going to take us too long? The market will be saturated by then. What type of metrics? I know it's a really specific question, but I'm really interested in that because I never thought about future cycle time. How do you measure looking forward? Well, you have to measure how how long can you delay to bring a product to market before something else has already replaced it. This is actually one of the challenges with uh, with uh, electrical engineering. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. because everyone, you know, the patent process where I have a great idea, yeah. I've written it down on some napkin, but before I talk about it too much, I better get my patents in place and get it registered with the patent office and make sure I've got that protected before I invest in it and find investors and then do all the design, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people are in that process of idea generation, patenting, and it takes too long and someone else has come out with a product that supersedes theirs, right? So that the whole patent process has to be even considered in the upfront cycle time. Yeah. Yeah, because there are systems in cycle time that are outside of your control that you cannot put the same type of SLA rules because you can't tell the patent office, I want this done. But you can you can you know you can find out what their time frames are. And like you talked about, no, actually it was in something outside I was part of a uh, I, I was watching a compliance video the other day and they were talking about, you know, when you're dealing with stuff internationally what you can pay for and what you can't pay for. So like you can't like hand a police officer money, right, to get into a country or get your product into a country quicker, but you can pay for expedited service through their office, which I thought to myself when I'm watching, I'm like, what's the difference? You know, you can do that for passports. You can yeah. um, you can probably find a way to do that under the table in many different ways. I don't, I, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating this anyone. Oh no I'm no no, saying- no no one thinks right. Troy, people know you're the good one in the relationship. So <laughs> in BSM, when we're when we're looking at these concepts of bringing products to market that are value and what are people paying for, and we're looking at the market space and what's going to take too long. And then once we get it in, how do we maintain it and get it going? That's when we get all the way down. Once we get it in inside and under control and marketed and everything else, that's when kind of we start to support it in traditional terms, right? That's that's right. Now it's in production. It's, you know, it's out there in the market. Now I'm doing product support or service support. 
the, re- the reality here is the biggest complaint that we often see the business has of IT is they're just too damn slow. Yeah. So wait, I was gonna say, does it? How does that? How does that work? Because if it's in if it's in support, right? It's sitting in support. How is support getting the right information back to the BSM people quick enough to make changes in their plans? Well, this is where the you know what's the difference between bug tracking on the software dev side and incidents in the incident tool? Mm. Right? We have this divide there too. So. Incidents should be tracked and brought back into the product service lifecycle mm. or CSI. Mm. And this is part of portfolio now because now I should be I should be using my portfolio inputs, the three of them we've talked about before, you know, new market demand. That's what we've been talking about so far. Customer requirements for internal customer automation or enhancement projects, but CSI on existing services and products. And if I never address the CSI on existing, I never have that feedback loop back in to ensure that my products remain viable and still tenable for future use and are not then, you know, pushed aside for the next greatest thing. That is just mind-blowing. Do you believe that CSI, whether your company, you know, actually creates those linkages that you just talked about? I mean, it's going to improve. It just might improve by you going out of business. That's often the case. I mean, when we lose relevance and when you, you know, see the good companies can get into a position they think they're the best, um, and you know they they have that premise. We've seen it over and over again in our market, technology wise. Yeah. And Rim is struggling with this right now. Yeah. That they forget they have to continue with the grassroots basics. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just brought it home because you know if we look at the history of you know a lot of people listening to this show, hopefully most of them or all of them are service management folks who've been in IT and in, in, in some level and capacity. We have seen a lot of attrition in the past 20 years, not only in people, but in tool sets and, you know, whether it's through the companies that were gigantic and then become uh, small or go out of business or get acquired, new companies that come up from nowhere, new market spaces. And then, you know, it, it there seems to be just a general cycle Almost Lion King like, you know, everywhere the sun touches will be yours. Um, did I just quote Lion King? Yeah, I did. Uh, that we just go through. You know, good a good idea can make you money and and get a, a company growing really quickly. But to have that company sustain over the long term, you have to have operational excellence. Mm. You know, that's not new either. That's you know, that's business books, ABC. They all say the same thing. Jack Welsh and a number of different uh, Jim Collins, good to great. This is all part of the same philosophy. Well, I didn't. Well, first of all, I didn't ask for the new sound for that because I, I knew that one. It was just cycle time. I think it's because Lance Armstrong's in the news. What is operational excellence to you? Can you do that one in 140, 120 seconds? Well, operational excellence is to have a continual feedback loop to keep feeding into our future product direction and strategy and market strategy uh, ideas for. Product renewal and, and market renewal. What did we use before social media? <laughs> uh, we had to have people focus groups and, uh, you know, and talk to your customer. Yeah, we had to talk you know, to people. Having some, right. that Anvil salesman, encyclopedia salesman have a log of complaints they bring back. You know, we had to we had to find more manual means. And it took longer. It took, this is the change now. It's this feedback loop is immediate. Yeah, sometimes it's predictive. Yeah. It's, you know, you can get feedback before you even create your product. Absolutely. Just by, you know, watching that, I'm thinking about doing this. So you just watch the space of people who talk, you know, that that need you talked about analyzing earlier. And, you know, you can actually adaptively change your plans. It's kind of, uh, we're off track. Sorry. Yeah. There's a whole other aspect of this I'd like to kind of bring to people's attention as well. Okay. Is this, you know, the concept that ITSM is not unique, right? It's just BSM with an IT flavor instead of examples. Mm. Uh, the one difference in the value statement we have in ITIL, in ITSM, 
is that there is no body that's gathered all this knowledge together and said, let's have a universal lexicon and universal definition of terms like cycle time or lead time, because lead time is the lean term for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And let's have a definition of good practice, what that might look like in a perfect world. Mm. So that's a gift we have in IT that the business doesn't have. Mm. You know, you have various books written by various authors, but there's no uniform view of it. Well, is that because if you actually apply BSM to that and say uh, that market's moving too fast and if we tried to do it, we'd be, we'd, be, we'd be irrelevant kind of to what you said earlier? No, but I think at a principles level, again, all companies have bar- market demand analysis planning, right? All companies have demand intake and requirements generation. All companies develop products and service designs and then have to move those to production or a, um, you know, a live environment. Then all companies have to do basic operations support. At the, at the level that ITIL talks, if you add in a couple of business examples in case study, that would be very easy to create. Hmm. You know, business service management, best practice set, but who needs another set of books? I'm not advocating for that. But the reality is, is not that different. I'm, I'm going to save that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Tridomale said, who needs another set of books? We, what we see is that this the line is blurring. In fact, especially in the financial sector. I know one guy used to work for Pink, now working for a major bank in Canada, Stuart Grimble. Hey, Stuart, if you're listening. Hey, Stuart is now on the business side of of the bank. Managing transactions is applying ITSM concepts to a business unit around data transaction processing, right? More and more uh, CIOs are getting a bigger mandate and are seeing fleet and access management and facilities added to their portfolio. Like this whole enterprise service concept, when you start really asking the question, why is an IT service desk different than a call center? Why not just have an an IT support center, excuse me, a business support center with one component of it, a module of it, being an IT specialist group? A business support center. Right. Why not have a business continuity group with one part of that group having an IT specialism for IT service continuity? Why not have a supplier management office with one component of that group having this IT specialism? Why not have an architecture engineering group with one component of it actually specializing in IT systems architecture? Well, when we think about a family, families have that structure, right? Usually mom handles one set of things, dad handles another. You know, that they are the BSM. Yes, yeah, they're this, this shared services function that basically makes the, the, the family unit run. But what we're seeing is this slow erosion of the, the variances and differences between these functions. Information security. Why do we have an IT security group and a business security group in the bank or in any organization? Well, can I ask, Troy, why, why do we? I mean, because I know I stand on stage sometimes in all sorts of countries and I say these things exist only because it, it, it's a jobs program. People need to work and, and as time moves on, these things are going to go away and we need to retrain and retool our workforce. Well, this is not my idea. Nicholas Carr wrote about this, right? When this new when the new technology for power generation was introduced to the business and there was no public grid, they had to all generate their own power. So they had their own steam works and their own, you know, water mill and they had a whole department. But when that, you know, department no longer was unique, it just absorbed into the rest of the business. Yeah, but then they go absorbed and do things that are other areas that are just going to be absorbed. And they and when those things and those people need to be displaced, at what point? I mean, do we have so much automation and and so much streamlining and 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 so much convergence and so much rapid connection that all of these things? I'm not arguing about losing identity, hmm. but rather having than having two groups with different mandates with the same purpose, so the same mandate but not connected in the in the organization. Why not have one group? with a a subgroup in that group having a specialism. 
Because I think it's it's human nature. If you're going to merge two things, you can cut some away. Well, perhaps we do have a lot of waste and redundancy. No, I'm just saying, I think maybe, you know, the reality is I, I want this business support center you talked about. Well, this is actually the the genesis of a talk I'm going to give in Pink 13. All right. That's, uh, that's another day. But the reality is, why are people creating an IT project management office, right? Because today you have project managers sprinkled all over the place, which are not connected and not um, synergistically working together. So now you create a project management office, maybe with localized presence still in various functional areas, but they're all under one umbrella sharing, being a shared service across all IT functions. Well, what's to say we don't have an enterprise project management office at the business level with one group having an IT specialism? So you start losing maybe some context, but you stop this consolidation when it doesn't make sense. It's not about, you know, you continue to suck into the black hole. But the reality is we're much too redundant today. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to last. No, we can't. It won't last because uh, I saw a Gartner article I was put out recently that shows that we've had no net new money introduced to our our business, excuse me, into our industry for 10 years. Our budgets have remained flat. There was some peaks and then some valleys, but really we're plus 5% above 2003. No, a, 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 as an industry, we're Greece. <laughs> we're Greece or we're toast? <laughs> oh, well, I meant Greece the country, not Greece. We're, Gre- we're the Greece that keeps the things rolling, right? That's the automation side. <laughs> Troy. Yes, sir. Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. It's time for Troy's Thunderbolts. Okay. Remember, when we're talking about business service management, it is the parent of ITSM. We need to understand that shared services have and are possibly just business shared services. Perfect. All the best. We are going to get caught up, get a bunch of shows in the in, in, in the in the queue and get people back rolling again with some good practitioner radio. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you, my friend and smartest person I know on the planet in this area, Troy Dumoulin. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.